tasteful nudes versus non-tasteful nudes. Let's talk about it. Mm-hmm. No, I don't. I don't know. You know. I don't. I don't. <laughs> I mean, more. I don't know what what to talk about here for the cold open. Did not plan it. Did not think about it. Justin knobs. Let me adjust the knobs. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Easy, easy, baby. Mm. Oh, just tweaking it, just so, just like the tasteful nude. <laughs> you got to do it, and you got to be delicate with it. Well, I, I wanted to ask you, because uh, I know you're. Have we got some nudes? Well, uh, no, but just a uh, cold open. That uh, did you see that uh, Jeff Lemire has a has a new book on Kickstarter? I have not. No. Yeah, it's already completely funded already. It's only been out for like two or three days. But I mean, like, it's one of those deals that eventually, you know, it's gonna be out in stores regardless. Right. But it's like, you know, you can get get it first and with like some extra stuff in it that you know that later copies won't, won't have. Right. Right. And then, like I said, I know you're a fan. It's like a and definitely because uh, it's like a. Uh, I don't know if the noir would be like the correct thing, but uh, like a detective, you Ooh. know, trying to serve, uh, trying to figure out who killed a god. Do you have a name for this book? Oh shit! Well, there you yeah, have it, yeah. folks. Keep oh. an eye out for "Oh Shit," a detective <laughs> yeah. story by Jeff Lemire. <laughs> yeah, not that I can't remember it at the top of my head. No, well, I'm sure I'll find out six months from now or yeah. something. I want to let you borrow it after I get done reading it. Yeah. You know what? I'm going to write a crime drama about tasteful nudes. Yeah. And when they're not so tasteful. Well, that's almost kind of what the Big Sleep had, you know, was a little bit it about. It was. It was about, that. that's why it's on my mind. It was about <laughs> tasteful nudes and not so tasteful nudes in the dirty fat books. I don't know what they called those back then. Slap? Mm, meat books? Maybe maybe meat books? Flesh books? What do, what do you call dirty magazines in the 20s, 30s, and 40s, Spencer? Would it just be like mags? No. Dirty mags? No, they don't call them dirty mags. That's too... That's not good. I don't know. We'll come up with a name. Actually, I'm writing a detective story right now. Noir. Yeah. Just trying my hand at it. I don't even really have an idea for it, but I'm just getting the lingo down, trying it out, and I'm trying to think of old-timey slangs and stuff, and that's the hard part. And also, I don't want to offend people, so I don't want to use words like dames and broads. Yeah. But that just kind of depends on how far you want to lean into that. Like, you can, like, you know, lean really hard and just be like, yeah, dame, just see, just, like, really go <laughs> big with it. Like, so big that, like, there's no way that you could think, like, you're being serious with it almost. Yeah, I just go real hardcore and just make it so people don't even understand what you're saying. Yeah. He killed two Jimmies in a flop house, <laughs> see? <laughs> what? What does that mean? I like that. I'm not, I, I, I want to bring flop house back. Yeah. Because now flop houses are pretty much, like... I guess kind of like trap houses. I don't know. I've never been. Well, have you ever been to a trap house? I don't know if I've been to a trap house. No, I don't think so. I think my trap house and like southern people's trap house is different. <laughs> I think my trap house is. Uh, I think I have booby traps. Yeah, like... <laughs> Home Alone. That'd be my. That's what I. I was too innocent. <laughs> yeah. like, I grew up thinking of harmless booby traps, not uh, you know, loud women and drugs. Yeah. Music that goes boom, 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 boom. Well, hello there. Thank you for stepping into our world and listening to the Drunken Pen Writing Podcast. 
you've chosen well, my friend. And speaking of friends, I am joined. I want to go NPR with him. Oh, actually. NPR. <laughs> speaking of friends, I'm joined today by the illustrious Spencer, the Wyoming Wonder Boy Church. How are you doing, Spencer? Yeah, I'm doing quite fine today, Caleb. I'm very happy you, to have how you. How are you today? You know, I'm not too bad. You know, you know what? Uh, the weather has been ridiculous today. It has no idea what it wants to do. You know what? It's a slight drizzles, but then a nice sunshine <laughs> came out, and I saw a rainbow. And you know what that rainbow said to me? It said, you need to have more <laughs> coffee, sir. Very effervescent <laughs> coffee as well. That's terrible. I couldn't <laughs> do that. I can't. I can't keep that charade up. <laughs> I, I'm lucky I can go through the charade of life in my daily life, let alone pretending to be a NPR smooth talk. We don't have the voices for that. No, you have to be like the smooth talking, deep voice having. Even if you're in your 20s or old guy somehow, mm-hmm. and you have to wear like turtlenecks and shit. Not for me. Editing. Oh man, I should probably do a shout out to. Uh, the person who recommended this episode. Yeah. One of our fine fans enjoyed our episode we did last week on editing. I guess that's what that episode was. I don't remember the title. Editing like a drunkard, I believe. Episode number 52. That was the last one. If you're listening to this, that is not the last one because the last one is posting this Saturday, which is what book do we just do? The Big Sleep episode. The big Sleep. Yes. We're an episode behind on publishing. Oh, shit, I'm famous. Oh, oh yeah. man. Would you tasteful nudes to get out, Caleb? Is that what happened? <laughs> the tasteful nudes. Uh, Jangles Prime. Uh, that's who recommended this episode. And uh, if you want to check out old Jangles Prime, that is at JP8738736. You're not going to get too many followers off of that one. I apologize. <laughs> Who came up with that name? Elon Musk? Like, who did this? <laughs> Shout out to Jagos Brian, though. Thanks for the suggestion. We're always looking for him. Editing. This is actually one that I could probably talk about because I've done both. This is yeah. Outliners or Pantsers. Well, no. Outliners versus Pantsers, a.k.a. Discovery Writers. People who make strict outlines of their story versus... People who just go, just write, and, like Stephen King, just yeah. see where the story takes them. I've done both, and for me, pantsing seems to be the way to go. Uh, especially strict outlining, I cannot... It's not that I can't keep with it, it's just I get too many ideas and I don't really want to stick to it. Yeah. What about you, sir? It's for, especially now, with the uh, like length of the stories that I've written... Have been just panther, you know, yeah. if that's the phrasing you want to use. But I do feel like if once I try to um, go for take a take a leap into like the more like lo- uh, like novel length kind of story, you probably would want to outline somewhat. I think, uh, yeah, at least like a like a very loose like outline of like I want this to happen in this chapter. And then to follow, then do this character for that chapter. Then to follow, like you know, yeah. just to have like a just. To keep me on track, because I, I, I will feel like if I, if I don't have that, like, I would just be kind of, like, it'd be like I would walk around aimlessly in the parking lot because right. I couldn't find my car. Like Well, we'll touch on this again later, yeah. but just to do the too long, didn't listen, I think the best of both worlds oh, is yeah. what you need. Mm-hmm. You want a small out, just know where you're going. Yeah. And have, like key points you want to hit or key plot points or especially if you're writing like a mystery or something but even if it's just whatever kind of story adventure story fantasy you just want to hit those 
key story points so you make sure they're there so you can wander off all you want as long as you know where that light is at the end of the tunnel when i and i always know like this has happened to me like i'm writing something like i'm writing a scene or whatever and in the middle of that i come up with a good idea not for what i'm writing but for what i want to like write next or have this lead into Mm -hmm. and if you don't get to that right then like you know what i mean i'd I've, you know, you'll forget it. Yeah. So at least uh, if uh, if you don't want to make an out like a like an outline, you at least want to do some note taking or or something along them lines to just you know to keep your mind fresh. Even though I generally am a pantser, what I like to do is have like an ending in mind. Yeah. Usually, I have the ending in mind, so at the very bare minimum. I know what I'm working towards. Well, uh, I know where the story needs to end. I've uh, I've done that, and like I've heard that kind of like uh, as a lot of like people describe like a story of like that's the first thing they come up like when they're thinking of a story is the ending of that story, and it's like and like that's the the challenge and the thing is like okay now how do I get there? How do I yeah. get to that point? And that that's where the creativity can really flow. Because I don't know about you, because, like, I don't, I hardly ever think of a story, uh, and, like, think of the idea at the beginning of the story. Yeah. Like, because, like, that's, that's the, uh, stuff. That's the, yeah. you know what I mean? <laughs> Might as well do a few pros versus cons oh. here. You know, pros and cons of uh, each one. So, for the pantser, you said, you know, lead, get the story, and uh, just maybe come up with an idea for an ending or something, but just write it as you go. The pros for that. You have more creativity. Yeah. The story will go... If the story's going unexpected places for you, the writer, it's going to be unexpected for the reader. It's not going to be as predictable. Uh, but some of the negatives for that, though, your story could just be shit because, yeah. you know, you could write yourself in... A, Stephen King does it a lot. You write yourself in a corner. Yeah. Um, you can have plot points that end up going nowhere. Uh, you could have side characters who end up going nowhere or almost pointless. Or you see that a lot in TV shows mm-hmm. where it's like, oh, this character's really developed. I'm liking this character. And then they don't know what to do with them. And yeah. then they just end up sucking. Uh, that happens in novels quite a bit when you like you can usually tell who outlines and who doesn't by reading yeah. uh, novels. Now, conversely, if you go to the outliners, a heavy outline is good because it'll, again, just, you know, lead you where you want to go. But you'll hit all the keynotes. You know what the characters' traits are and how their story arcs go, but too much structure yeah. can lead to boring writing, predictable writing. It could kind of kill your creativity because you might look at, you might have like you were saying, you have some wild ideas for some scenes that you want to get to, but then you look at your outline. Well, that's not in the outline. Yeah. I would have to change this and that. And if you really stick to that outline, then you're kind of you're sticking to a script. Yeah, that could inhibit you. But also having that script will keep you on track more and you might be able to tell a more fluent, better flowing story. Yeah. Like, you know, like I said, I think it's just the best of both worlds. Yeah. Like a basic three act outline is what I usually use. Yeah. It's just, I know where it starts. I know where the rising action goes towards the climax. And then I know where the ending is. So it's just one arc. Like, yeah. you know, just a big blah, blah, blah. And I, that, that seems to just keep me on track enough. And then everything else I could just make up. Yeah. And, well, and that's the, the beauty about it is that just because you used one for the sto- for a story doesn't mean that, like, if that's not working, you, can, you can't you can go to the other. It's not, yeah. It's not like there's some kind of rule like, 
Uh, for One this, or the other. Yeah. For this story, I decided that I wasn't going to use an outline, so now I can't use an outline. <laughs> um, no, you just do whatever the fuck you want to do, you know? But, uh, yeah, like, it, it is a, kind of the best of both wards. Like you, like you were saying, I think is is how you'd want to go, and also too, it, it it this is one of the things like too, it's what with writing is that it varies from person to person. It's whatever works best for the writer. Yeah, what what you're most comfortable with, because some writers are very specific with their outlines and they follow them strictly, and it's fine. Yeah, doesn't kill their creativity. Sometimes that's how their creativity flows by planning everything out. I know a lot of writers who uh write scenes on note cards and actually line them up because yeah. some people like a, like a movie almost. yeah like a, yeah what do they call that uh like storyboard storyboard a lot of people are visual yeah so even though they're writers they're visual writers so if they can they have to see the scenes even if it's just written down but they like to see them a lot of people also like to draw out scenes so that gives them a better visual cue of what things are going to look yeah. like in their mind and how to tell it better. I think uh, – um, Or describe I, it better rather. I think I saw a thing where Neil uh, Gaiman uh, said that he does that for like – at least like for his comics. He's like nobody ever has to see these, especially like don't, yeah. like, don't, like, don't let the artist see Because, you know, it can literally just be like, you know, a couple squares with, um, you know, some stick figures mm. just so you'd be like, okay, so – if these people were in this room, they had like this much space to move around, or somebody's only looking at this person because of the way they're sitting. Like you know what I mean? Right. Like that kind of stuff. That because uh, if you don't pay attention when you're writing, like you know, if you're just going and it's like you know somebody was talking to another person and they were sitting, and then within that same conversation, now they're standing. You don't even realize it. Or like in the kitchen, and you don't address that, or you know what I mean, mm-hmm. or, or, or work that out properly. Uh, it can get very confusing for the reader, and they they might they might just stop, you know, you're reading your work. One thing I'm very strict about in my writing is I always make sure to get catch those continuity errors. Yeah. So, like, if you read my work and somebody's sitting, chances are, when you you know, if there's going to be a few moments later, there the two people standing talking. I have that transition. Yeah. I don't skip. Um, even with something as basic as, you know, ah, oh, she's holding her breath because, you know, whatever, or nodding her head or whatever, like, well, nodding your head's a bad one because you don't really have to describe and stop nodding. But when you're saying, you know, say somebody's holding their breath, you know, took a deep breath, you need to exhale that yeah. breath. You, you need to show them exhaling that breath. They're not sitting there, anyways, so I was yeah. like, you know, holding it in. Um, I want to go in the murky waters when, it, in regards to outlining with, what do you feel about, outlining with uh, character development scene development things like that not just outlining the story but creating backgrounds for the characters um doing a real like a, like a video game description you know their eye color the, their the, hair the, color. yeah like the the dungeon and dragons like, yeah you know, might like be really character. go hardcore into that with your character and because you know that that is a form of outlining yeah. because if you just go into the like the you know you're a pantser if you go into it like that, that's when you might get a character whose eyes all of a sudden go from blue to brown yeah. in the story, and you you don't catch it. Or that happens a lot to pantsers. Or somebody saying something that doesn't quite sound right coming out of like that character, or, or you know. The- yeah, you might lose their. Uh, say you have an accent for a character, or just a specific way of speaking, or certain phrases they use. You could get halfway, especially if you're writing a novel. You can get halfway through writing that novel, 
and maybe you took a break in writing, maybe you switched to like different because some people yeah. skip around with the scenes, and now all of a sudden you forgot a character trait and you don't have it written down. So unless you go back and reread the, what you had at the beginning, you might miss that. And all of a sudden this, this person speaks normal who didn't speak normal at the beginning. That'll leave the reader confused. So what do you feel about? Because I know neither of us have written novels, so we don't really go. I haven't at least done like deep character development or anything like that. But a lot of people get into that really hard. Um, and fantasy is a good genre for that too, yeah. by the way. That I think is definitely because um, I think a lot of people when they try to get into writing is that they have they want to do like a series. Like, if you're doing a series... like You, if you really plan, have to yeah, be strict with yeah, that if thing. Yeah, you, if you're planning on doing, like, a series or, like, even just, like, you know, like, a trilogy or something like that, that is probably a very good idea to, again, just to reiterate that, you know, just to keep everything together, you know, mm-hmm. um, and, you know, make sure people are, are right and stuff like that. I don't think you nice, like, for a shorter story or, or anything like that, I may not necessarily be... Um, be you know uh, you have to do that again it'd probably depend on the kind of story you're telling like i think the big sleep i think you would want to kind of be like who did what to who and gave money and yeah shot. like you know what i mean whose gun does 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 he have like how many guns does he have off of people like that kind of stuff you you want to keep in there but if it's just kind of like if your story is just dealing with like one character dealing with a thing or something that happened, then you might not have to go all that in. Because, like, there's sometimes when I have a character and I name them their first name, like, you know, I don't have a last name. If I, if it doesn't yeah. get brought up in the story, I don't... It doesn't really matter. But I do think for some things you need to have that, just even if you, um, if you never use it, just so that you know... And then if you do have to use it, you know, because you're always mining for ideas, if you do have to, you know, need it, it's already there. The work's done. You know what I mean? Mystery and fantasy are probably, in sci-fi too, I would say, those are the ones that really benefit from outlines because there's a lot going on and with characters and, you know, a lot of characters and then the mystery, obviously, with the crazy plot points and the red herrings and all that. Another aspect of outlining, though, like you brought up earlier with the series, when you are planning to write a series, obviously you want to have an extensive outline and characters written down and their traits and everything. But here's here's the other issue. Say you write a standalone novel and you have no, like Robert E. Howard's original Conan, you have no plan for future series or future stories or anything with those characters, but then the people want more. And then all of a sudden your publisher wants it. And then it's like, okay, I guess I'm writing more. But you didn't write down any of those character traits. You didn't, like, you didn't write down, you know, say you didn't expand the universe in uh, any kind of outline or anything. So you don't have these these things written down that you would need to get the series, the, the continuity to be straight. Yeah. So now you have to reread the whole fucking book. That would suck. So that's where you might be better off just... Doing even uh, a brief character outline, story outline, things like that, just in case. Because a lot of times you might say, oh, yeah, this is going to be a one-off story, one novel. It doesn't main character dies at the end. You know? yeah. But now all of a sudden you want to do a prequel. Or yeah. you, you never know where the story will take you. And, too, I mean, and, um, you know, we like to bring them up every once in a while. Our, uh, you'd say we, we could probably, we're probably inspired by them. But the uh, Dead Robot Society... 
they've talked about multiple times where they've killed like the same character twice yeah. <laughs> in either the same series or the same book. Like, you know, mm-hmm. it's just like an, as an example, uh, you know, of what could happen. You're, you know, just to think about that is that when you're trying to decide if you want to outline or not outline. Well, let me ask you, how many times have you bailed on a story because you didn't have any kind of outline or end goal in mind and you just said, you were just winging it, you kind of had an idea you liked, and then you 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 burnt real furiously, <laughs> you were hot as fire, yeah, like and then you burn out like fucking nothing. You get like a page, page and a yeah. half in, and then you're like, I don't know what's going on. Dude, I have done like 20,000 words, and I'm like, and then just... Petered right out and I'll never say, touched it again. I'd say probably more work than I've actually finished. <laughs> probably, like it's a sad thing. Now, is that because of the discovery writing, or just because the story just fizzled out? I, I mean, I'm sure there's a mixture of both of that in there. But if, put it this way: if you had an outline or at least like the main points written down, including the ending, do you think you would have been more likely to finish that story? One of you know the whatever stories. Yeah, probably, depending on the length of it, you know, if mm-hmm. it was, like, a super long story, and even if it, I still had an idea with the end, I still probably might be, like, never know. Just know. Or, little, at least, or at least not right now. Let's get a little controversial. Okay. A little controversial. What's better? If you had to pick, who's better? Outliners or uh, discovery writers? Deathmatch. Deathmatch? Whose work is going to be better? Dun, 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 dun. I don't know why I'm doing this thing. It's yeah. Sanford and Son. Because like, it's, it's, that's a tough one because, like, again, we've there's so many examples of each mm-hmm. like that you can pull from to, to you know, to, to show as a case on the, on, you know, on either side. Uh, you know, like, like, obviously, you know, everybody knows I'm a huge Stephen King fan mm-hmm. and he's a Discovery guy, but as we also mentioned, Yee- a lot of those the endings. Oh, yeah. You know, I still, you know, I love a lot of those stories, but a lot of the endings are kind of lack structure, you know, you kind of. Uh, well, let, let me rephrase this. Which style read? of writing do you think would lead to a better story? Probably some kind of outlining. Yeah. Some, like, at least the bare minimum bones of, of an outline. Well, some of my favorite novels, I don't see how the writer could wing them. Yeah. Like, I don't know if the writer was a pan- Like, a lot of writers are, I have no idea if they're panthers or not. I never really looked into it. But a lot of the stories and the, a lot of the novels I read, they're pretty convoluted. Like, I don't think you can... I mean, no, something like a fucking Catcher in the Rye or something could easily be... Uh, you know, a discovery writer style, but even then again, you read a lot of Stephen King's work, like it or something. How the fuck do you do that whole novel without outlining? That's yeah. pretty. That's pretty wild. And I mean, that's that's basically two novels put together. Yeah, that it, like you know what I mean. That's basically what it is. Also, just you know, we shouldn't use Stephen King as an example of pantsing. Because I think cocaine had a lot to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't think he could outline if he wanted, especially with those earlier ones. Yeah, uh, but and they just—I'm trying to think of different novels I've read where the story was so intricate and had so many like things woven into it that I just don't see how it could be possible that somebody. Yeah. Like, you'd have to be a genius, I think, yeah. for a lot of that work to uh, or, or, to be a pantser and come or, up with that. A real master, you like, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, even just thinking like of a, a Neil Gaiman, American Gods. 
It's not an overly complicated story, but there's a lot going on, a lot of characters, All a lot myths. of flashbacks, a lot of myths. I don't see, and that's actually most of Neil Gaiman's work that I've read anyway. I don't see, again, I don't know, I don't think, I think he's an outliner, right? I don't, I don't think I, he's I, a pantser. I would, th- uh, if I would have to guess, I would think he's some kind of outliner. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't, I want to say that he's probably like a stone cold, like. Yeah. Uh, but I, I think we say- should do a second part of this episode sometime where we just, you know, which, like, if we could find a list of authors who are Ooh. outliners, authors who are pantsers, I think that would be, that this would is a be, fun thing. Yeah. That would be interesting, yeah. Because then you could kind of critique the work based on the writing style, like, oh, this is how they come up with yeah. it. Because, again, I never really looked into it, honestly, other than Stephen King, I never really heard... I mean, I, I know some indie authors and, like, some authors I know personally. Yeah, you've talked to yeah, and you know what they do. Like, famous authors, I've never really uh, really even thought about it too much. But, like, okay, think of, like, an H.P. Lovecraft story, like, one of his longer works. I feel like he would have to be an outliner. Like, there's a yeah. lot going on. But then again, sometimes the stories don't make any fucking sense. Yeah. And I'm like, well, I don't know. And, I mean, would you be surprised if you heard, if you found out that, like, one of those long, longer books, like, he, if he did just fucking, like. He just winged it? Because he seems like a guy who, yeah. that, you know, like, that would do that. Well, how about, like, an Edgar Allan Poe? Because now we're going back. Or even if you go Mark Twain. Of course, Mark Twain, he was pretty wealthy. So, I don't, I don't know if he would work. But what I'm saying is, like, back then. Paper, ink. You'd have to outline. But you also, it's more scarce. Yeah. Uh, I guess that would actually be more of a proponent to outline it. Because if you were just winging it, yeah. you'd be wasting paper. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You'd have to have at least like a paper or two with really good notes of what you wanted to do. Yeah. I, writing back then had to suck. Not to, you know, sidetrack the, the conversation. Now, we've talked about this before, but <laughs> quill and ink on a fucking shitty parchment paper underneath a candle. You know what? All that? It's all romantic that, sounding, but it would not be fun. All that? What would get me would be the spelling. The, oh. that the spelling. <laughs> <laughs> and minor grammar errors and things like that. Oh, I my think God. That's, I think that's uh, like why writers back then... Uh, Especially like Edgar Allan Poe were so verbose and had such a great... Because um, they probably knew their such shit. A, yeah, such a great vocabulary. Because you had... Yeah, you had to know your shit. Especially because what was the dictionary like back then? If there even was a dictionary. I mean, let's just go back like 150 years ago when there was just typewriters. Or like, you know, 50... Or what? 80. Yeah, like... When there were just typewriters. Can you imagine just typewriting your fucking story? It'd be easier, but it'd still be rough. <laughs> but yeah, just the... Uh, or oh, even the real old typewriters, though, because those were shitty. They were not anything like the you know nicer <laughs> typewriters of the fifties and sixties. He couldn't hit like two keys too fast; they just get jammed up. I used to have an antique typewriter, and you'd have to type slow as fuck, or else the keys got jammed up. And being like, an editor back then too, you'd have to be like a genius. You'd have to be like a fucking grammar expert. And I, I couldn't be a I couldn't be a writer in any other time except now or the future. Man, you know what? really is impressive too you think about like the old writers and how like how hard it was to write back then well think about like female writers um like african-american writers especially like during the slave times you're not even allowed to be able to read or write in certain places and you wrote a book yeah like solomon northup like get the fuck out of here dude and you got to publish and it became like a bestseller that is crazy and doesn't that also make you feel terrible? so impressive <laughs> then doesn't that make you feel terrible about like why can't i just my work my- ethic is yeah, garbage it's so bad <laughs> but i there is one one difference no tv no radio yeah 
Yeah. No real activities. The, the booze wasn't very good. You're always sick because of food poisoning. Like, there's <laughs> probably not too much else to do. Uh, but, yeah, that's that's just wild. But getting back to the editing yeah. here. Um, I'm trying to think of, di- like, some different novels that would be really tough to uh, well, uh, not have a plot for. What do you think your your favorite book of all time, House of Leaves, would... That, would you that had to be... See, we when we talked about him, I'm pr- like he came up with like this fucking big handwritten manuscript of all this fucking jumbled noise. So it sounded like he just was <laughs> winging it. I don't know how the like. Then again, the way the book's laid out, it's it's like you're a schizophrenic or something. It's a fucking that guy. I don't even it would include in, as a writer. He's fucking too crazy for my liking. Um, yeah, but yeah, the old Stephen Kinger with his fucking bad endings that's that's a that's a key pantser uh theme it seems like that's that's something a lot of pantsers share in common is bad endings and uh plots that fucking fizzle fizzle or they just too many things don't they're they don't leave you satisfied like a good you can usually tell a good outliner because every plot point even if it's a mystery whatever it is they usually like all leave you satisfied. You might yeah. be pissed off. You might not yeah. like how it ended, yeah. but they end. Yeah. You don't have things like well, what the fuck happened to Dan? Yeah. They fucking he was on a he got lost on a desert island. And we never got back to him. Or um um you 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 you, you uh, can do a better job of pronouncing it with your but the uh, the guy from uh, who created Dragon Ball um can't think of his name. Yeah, me neither. I forget. Um, Toriyama. Toriyama. Um. There was just straight characters that he forgot about, yeah. like from early Whatever on. Whatever happened to lunch? And like, it's not some like he didn't have a thing against her. He just he he just forgot. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Is name lunch or launch? Launch. Th- the yeah. one that sneezed and yeah, then all of a sudden shoot everybody yeah. machine guns. Yeah, he just forgot that she existed. Uh, he did that. Yeah, he did that with a bunch of characters. Again, though, like that was a crazy universe you created, yeah. and yeah, oh yeah, I mean, the, and, and a lot of that, I think he was winging it. Oh yeah, because they have time. Cr- that's another thing. If you have a time crunch, though, yeah, like say you get a book deal, you have a three book, you know, three book deal in I don't know, say, just be reasonable, say three years. Yeah, your publisher wants a book a year. <sighs> Fuck, dude, like yeah. if, you, if you really want to outline a whole fucking ninety thousand word novel and. Like, but these people who write series too, that, that when you're on a time crunch, that's rough. I don't, yeah, I don't know how people do that shit. I don't know if I'd want to do that. Like, I don't think I'd want a book deal. I don't want the responsibility. Like, you give me 15 grand up front to write a novel, and like, I have the story, like, the pitch, but I'm not done with the novel. Like, oh. Can you imagine? Can I write the novel first and then turn it in? You give me the money, like the advance, and but people live off that advance, so that's that's hard. I guess. Could you imagine the levels of pronunciation on that of just having fifth, just getting fifteen grand and just being like, and because you know the first thing you got to do is not write. See, but if you spend that money and you don't write, you have to give it back. Yeah. And you don't have it yeah. anymore, and then they come break your legs or sue you. Yeah. I don't know what the book publishers today do. but well, They what... probably break your legs now. <laughs> <laughs> now they I think they always broke your legs. <laughs> That's how misery came they're, about. They're rough nowadays, you know? <laughs> oh, fuck. What else can we touch on on this? Um, To um, jump back to earlier, to the cold open... Cosmic Detective is the name of... Cosmic Jeff- Detective by Jeff Lemire. Yes. Kickstarter. Check it out. I like Jeff Lemire. Yeah. That's a guy 
who I think outlines. Because oh, his stories yeah. are sometimes elaborate, but they always seem to go. They always leave you satisfied, and they always go. Like, they go somewhere. They, yeah. There's no nonsense. There's no trailing off. They, uh, they're uh, good stories. What and are you, you doing feel, there? And you feel like every page means something. Like, there's a reason that thing, you know, what's going on is yeah. going on for a reason. That's another thing. Um, Panthers, even if it does get published or published by a big house, sometimes you could tell when the author's a pantser because they'll be rambling. Mm. Not just the characters, but just like the writing itself will have moments of rambling. Stephen King's good for that. Just like all of a sudden we just have a description of a leaf for fucking a whole page. Like, and it has nothing to do with the story. And you feel like, well, if the author's describing this leaf so in so much detail, it must have some kind of significance to what happens, but then it never does. Maybe it was supposed to, and then he forgot, forgot or just like changed his mind but, and just left it. But if you outline and you have that leaf, oh, this leaf is significant because, you know, her mother died, had a heart attack under falling leaves in the fall or something. You, you'd, ha- you'd have a callback. If you pants, a lot of those callbacks, you forget about them. But again, just as because, uh, you know, we was using Stephen King as an example of the outliner. And I don't know if this for, for sure, I would just have to guess, but as in a, of a bad example as as an outliner is uh, George R. R. Martin. Yeah. I, I assume that he outlines. You uh, think he would have to? With all that going on. But like, Maybe look, that's what it takes on from the right. Maybe. You know, I don't... But it's just, you know, we, we seem to be going kind of heavy pro outlined. Yeah. So, you know, just to kind of balance that a little bit. That's also, like, you can spend all the time in the world, like, you know, you can spend your year outlining, and then, you know, you got, like, a month to f- write the goddamn thing. <laughs> um, I like Chuck Palahniuk's way of writing. Uh, I wouldn't do it, but he, like, just fills notebook, like, with actual notes. He just writes notes on all kinds of ideas and everything, and then, like, saves it till the very end to just write the book. Like, the writing process for him isn't the actual writing on the computer. It's like everything before that is what he considers the writing. So yeah, uh, yeah one more thing uh, just popped in my head that I'm interested on. Uh, well, it kind of goes with pantsing or or, uh, or uh, outlining of when you write an order mm. or like different scenes. Like if you got an idea for a see, scene, a lot like- of people skip around. I don't. I mean, I feel like it'd be easier to skip around different scenes if you were an outliner because you'd always know yeah. where you're going. But I think it's usually the pantsers who skip scenes, and then they just fill in the blanks. Yeah, I think that's that's when it's problematic. Get, I think would, yeah, it would be getting real confusing because you figure like if he was outlining it, it'd almost kind of be like, oh, I wrote this. I can you know I wrote this thing. I can highlight it, copy paste it, put it here. I go to this other thing, highlight, copy paste mm-hmm. it, put it up there. Whenever it's done, like you know what I mean. Well, and I'm only saying this from my personal experience because I mostly pants. I feel like it could be like a sign of laziness on the writer's part. Again, we talked about you could be rushed, you could have a deadline, you could just be trying to get the story done. You, um, me, rather than just being lazy, it's kind of a thing of passion. If I don't hit a project fast and hard like a dirty porno man, <laughs> I lose my passion for the project and I won't write it or I won't yeah. finish it. I kind of have to like full steam ahead. So... If I outline, that always slows me down. I never finish outlined work. 
But it could also be a sign of somebody who's just lazy, yeah. who doesn't want to do the extra step of doing the outline. See, Again, we haven't written novels, so yeah. it's hard for me to say how much would go in, because I feel like that would probably speed things up, see, actually. See, like, um, when I would do it, because, like, like the, the one main time I can really think of whenever I, like, had, like, a good definitive outline was for Daily Rounds. Mm-hmm. And... Whenever I do that, and any other kind of statement I've done outline, like, what I would do is, like, the outline, doing the outline and all that stuff, that would be the writing for the day. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? And then if somehow I did have, like, that extra at the end, I would start. But if not, I'd just call, like, that was my progress for the day. I outlined, you know, like, the whole novel or whatever, you know what I mean? And then... The next day or day after, whenever you get your next like yeah. rush of like inspiration, then you then that's when you dive into it with the you know with the. Here's my other problem with outlining. I never feel like even if I do a really extensive outline, even if it takes a week to do an outline, you like a full it. outline, I feel like I didn't do work. I feel like I was fucking off. Mm-hmm. What it feels like to me, because we always use the gym metaphor, it feels like your warm up before the actual workout. Uh. You're supposed to do it. Um, it makes the actual workout better, yeah. but it doesn't like it feels like you're wasting time, well, especially when you're younger too. Uh, the older I get, the out like outlining seems outlining seems easier. Um, but when you're in your twenties or teenage years, it's same with working out. You got so much creativity, you feel like I just want to get to the project. I don't want to do this step, and then you might. Uh, you rush through the the final product and it's not as good. Well, then also too, there's the um again like you were saying with the age is that you've written a good or have written a good amount of stories now and you already kind of have like a process or like a even if it's not something you physically do, it might just be like a mental thing or disrupting whatever. that process would be difficult. But like switching like, the way I do things. Yeah, but even but I'm just saying it's like as when you couldn't like uh. When you were younger, you didn't like to outline because you but you also might not have known yeah. how to outline. And now the more work that you've done and put out, like that you say that that's easier now because you've done it yeah. and become a, a well. That's theater. a really good point because a lot of people I feel like just don't know how to outline. Yeah, like they don't like they know kind of what you're supposed to do, but I feel like a lot of people who think oh I have to outline my novel means you're writing a synopsis for each chapter, yeah. you're writing the details for each single chapter. No, um, you can do that yeah. depending on how detailed you want to get. But like that's where you you know you have weeks and weeks of doing an outline and uh, like I said, the mixture of both where you just kind of hit the key points, I think is fine. And like I said, it it you know I said earlier, it it really depends. You know, to sum everything up, it depends on the kind of work that you're mm. doing for that story. You know, like if it's like I said, uh, you know, a short story about. You know, you get stuck at a red light against some asshole and you get, you know, suckled in and going on like a drag race and that mm. turns into something. You might not have to outline that because there's not a whole bunch of moving parts. Yeah. And, you know, a very limited thing happens in a very small space. Um, well, if it's very uh, linear storytelling, it's easier to yeah. not have to outline. Um, but maybe, like, if you're doing, like, things with flashbacks yeah. or any of that kind of – from different people, you know, sometimes they switch point of views on, yeah, for a plot are... of a story. So you want to make sure – And that would like, be a whole new episode is just about uh, point of view outlining kind of things because people don't talk about that. Hmm. But if you're going to do 
you know, different tenses in certain parts of your story. Like that story I'm reading now, the Blue Light Yokohama, the flashbacks, all the memories the guy has are in present tense, but the story is told in past tense. That I'd never seen that before, and it's very interesting because when you read present tense, you know it's a flashback, but it feels like it should be reversed because most every time you think of the past, you know, it's told in past. It's very interesting. Of course, those are always like kind of like a dream state thing, but um. So when I'm when I actually just bring it up when I talk to that author in the future after I read his book I, I was planning on talking to him about it I'm gonna bring that up like ask him what he why came he, why he did that because that it seemed like a very deliberate choice because I've never like I said never seen that before I want to I want to end the episode by discussing some maybe some of our pantsing faux pas or outlining successes or vice versa did you outline that butcher story because that felt yes. like yeah I could tell because. You hit key notes throughout the whole story, it seemed. It was outlined, but, and then not to spoil anything because it hasn't been out or anything yet, but the ending was pantsed. So you pants the ending. Yeah. But you, everything up else, to the ending you Everything knew. else was pretty much outlined, but like that ending bit that you said that you liked, that, that could was be pants. That could be a good thing too because, again, bringing back to mystery uh, stories especially, that would surprise the reader. Yeah. Because I forget who it, who said it, but uh, um, some author, I think it was a like a crime fiction author, said that uh, if I don't know where the story's going, you won't know where the story's well, going. I know, uh, like, Robert Kurtman always talked about with The Walking Dead is, like, um, you know, I'm sure he had, like, outlined to a point, but, like, like when it came to, like, killing off characters, mm-hmm. like, you know, that wasn't, like... He didn't like have ideas like, oh, I'm gonna have this person die doing this thing, and then that's gonna be like he let the story unfold to him, and there'd be like times where like he's writing and like he kills a character, and he's like, shit, I really like that character. Shouldn't have did that. But he has like, and it works, mm. and like now he had like you know like you know spoiler Glenn like you know what yeah. I mean like that was just you know so like if you're having big surprise moments in your in your story you may want to wait to the moment to, to to write that yeah just to you know get that feel to it well here like here's another interesting aspect of the pantser thing like the um adventure story the sword and sorcery story i, I finished I gonna, a I couple weeks ago with you i was just gonna ask well this you. is what we did for that and uh hopefully a magazine picks it up so you people can read it soon because uh, i don't if not i'll just guess put on dpw or something but um the way that story was, I didn't outline, and I haven't outlined in a while, a long time actually, like really did a full, yeah. or any kind of outline really. Um, I always kind of know the ending and stuff, but this story I didn't. This story, I knew scenes that I wanted to have, had no idea how I was going to get there, had no idea where the story was going, didn't know how I was going to start the story outside of the opening paragraphs. Um, so the very first real scene, I uh, pantsed. And then I started to form the the story, kind of like a you know like a sculpture that you don't actually know what's going to be underneath that yeah. clay. Like you're not quite sure. So I had a very vague idea, and then me and you did a lot of brainstorming, yeah. and then the whole ending actually came about because what I eventually came to do, like I had an ending in mind finally, 
And then we did a brainstorming session on the ending, and that completely changed yeah. the ending. Completely, you know, 180, just a whole different ending, and it was way better than what I was going to write originally. Now, if I had a strict outline, I probably would have poo-pooed those suggestions. Yeah. Stuck mean, with no, that. No, I'm doing, you know. Yeah, see, I'm going to stick with my original vision thing, fucker. <laughs> I, uh, I would not be compromised. <laughs> my vision shall not be compromised, and you shall not hurt my vision. It is my baby and my darling. I put it in the crib at night and I let it suck on Biddy. Um, we were doing so good there too. Damn it, it was good too. It's alright, we're like 45 minutes in. I, I like to think most people check out by now. I like to think they just download, listen to 20 minutes of nonsense and then go, alright, these guys, I got it. I'm okay with that. That's fine, as long as you fucking click the thing, whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I felt that was a good thing with the whole brainstorming. I think a lot of authors... Again, novel works different. My story's only like, you know, around 10,000 words or something. Um, we've done this in the past where I've written like novellas yeah. that we've brainstormed different things. So, like I said, it wasn't the far first thing. We do it for your stories as yeah. well a lot of times where we'll brainstorm just different ideas. And it really helps. And I, I don't see why it wouldn't help with novels. Like if you have a close friend or somebody yeah. that you can trust, especially as fellow writer, you can uh, like um, Tolkien and... Uh, he was in a writing group. Who the fuck was that other guy that was real? Because they had like a lot of famous writers, but him and the other guy were the main ones. I don't remember. It wasn't H.G. Wells. Uh, some old-timey writer, genre writer, I'm sure. But anyway, they would do that. They would get around. They would read their work out loud and like critique each other well, and stuff. Well, and what we, like, what we found out uh, not too long ago that like H.P. Uh, Lovecraft and... Um, Robert E. Howard were... Friends, so I'm sure that they were probably swapping things back and forth. Well, like those Conan stories, yeah. we were both surprised by how much H.P. Lovecraft universe was in that. Yeah. In, in those stories, like the old ones and the stuff. So they definitely switched. And I, now I wish I could go back and read the H.P. Lovecraft stuff again without melting my brain <laughs> to see if any Robert E. Howard's stuff, tropes yeah. were in those. That would be interesting to, to see. But yeah, like the brainstorming. So if you're writing a novel or something, whether you're a pantser or outliner... Don't be afraid, and this just goes in general. Don't be afraid to change things. Yeah. Don't 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 feel like you're forced to stick to the, a certain vision you had originally because it might change. Yeah. For the worse or the better, you don't know until you write it. Um, the good thing about writing is, as long as you're not sick of it, you can always go back and change it before it's published. Yeah. And again, like that's the awesome thing about like you know with technology today because you can have. You know, ten different documents of that same story and written in different ways or whatever. And mm. you know, until you figure out what you want, you don't have to have all that. You know, you don't have to have ten. You know, five hundred page. <laughs> you know, half written novels stacked up on your dresser or something. You yeah, know, they yeah. don't take up any room. I think we touched on just about everything that was important to touch upon. Yeah, except for them bitties. <laughs> well, take old bitties. <laughs> Tasteful nudes. Who's sending them our way? No, I'm sorry. Um, got creepy again. You know, the question is always who's sending them, but you know what's never asked? Who's taking them? Who's taking the pictures or who's yeah. accepting our nudes? Because well, I don't know. I send those yeah. out to the ether all the time, and they never come back with an answer. I don't know who's looking at them. I like to think somebody likes them. I feel, I feel like it's just that's just kind of like a new version of like the ring. They just see yeah. the pictures, and they're just like, ah. <laughs> Well, I make sure the angle is very low, lots of like double chin action and belly sticking over <laughs> things. Yeah, you got to have the good angles, lots of wet hair. <laughs> oh, man. Um, 
to our listener who th- th- who listens to us uh, while riding the bike, I, I apologize if you, <laughs> if you wreck at any time listening to this. Uh, hopefully, maybe you're on a treadmill or something. Um, yeah, I, I don't want to talk anymore now. I grossed yeah. myself out. I thought of some other stuff. And, uh, <laughs> tasteful nudes are never tasteful, really. No, no. Playboy tried that. Hustler did not. <laughs> no, they, they were taking pictures of the insides <laughs> of things. <laughs> Larry Flint was a, a peculiar fellow. Um, if you want to check out our writing to see what we may have outlined or what we have pants, you can judge for yourself. Go to drunkenpenwriting.com. Caleb James and Spencer Church. We got author profiles. So does Ashley Hatter. You can check it out. See what we got going on. Uh, Go to Twitter at Drunk Pen Writing. And also Instagram and Facebook at Drunk Pen Writing. Somebody somebody called me some swear words on Facebook. Oh, yeah? Said I was a a, a big fudge and dummy head. Well, uh, were you? I don't Are know. You? It wasn't the DPW Twitter Facebook. Oh. It was just my personal Facebook. Oh, okay. That was on the... <laughs> I, I could probably guess on what it's about. <laughs> yeah. Hey, wait, 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 Spencer. I want you to do the outro. What? I always I always do all the fucking uh, well, the just, social media stuff, though. Yeah, yeah. You just did that the outro. Damn it. I always forget. Yeah, that, that's the outro. <laughs> this is going to be like a long-running fucking not funny gag that's going to go on for 80 episodes where I'm like, oh, wait, Spencer, you're supposed to do the outro this time. One day, not today. Maybe, uh, or in, as in your maybe words, over our big hundredth uh, episode. I say, as in your words, you're you're the host of the of the episode. So I mean, that's I fall upon your duties. Yeah, that's true. That's your duties. I want you to host one day and also edit and also do everything. Um, How long do you want me staying at your house? Like two days, three yeah. days? Ah, Fudgical. <laughs> you know what, Spencer? I forgot what I was going to say again. That was a good one, too. Maybe you should hit the end button. I don't know. I kind of like seeing the the thing tick away. Five. I can always cut it out. Yeah. Cut everything out. Yeah. We have a Patreon episode one day. Yeah. We get on there. Damn it. It was very important news. You know what it was? I know who shot Kennedy. Oh, I yeah. found out. It, it was... was-